0: What we try to do to clear away the clutter and and kind of bring some focus into what you truly want to achieve is we have you work with being more present, being more mindful, being more in tune with the thoughts and beliefs that you have. So, for example, you come to us and your goal may be to, you know, win your age group at uh, a triathlon, a sprint triathlon. Let's just say you wanna, you wanna stand top of the podium. That's dependent on where you are now and what your relationship is to that goal. So we'll take that those ingredients that you've provided up on the form, we'll take that. We'll have a conversation with you, we'll take in that information. And then we'll begin to formulate this plan and then I'll call it a plan, which is always ever-changing, to help move you towards that goal that you've stated, but along the way there are checks and balances, and there's prescribed, I would say, experiences you're going to have. Whether it's meditation or yoga, um, these experiences or opportunities are going to allow you to get still with yourself and to go seek the inner, inner purpose for why you're doing this sport, why you feel compelled to be on top of the podium, why, you're, why you've come to Yogi Triathlete. All these questions, all this stuff is what we want to uncover and discover. The, the podium is the, is the outcome, right? That's the outcome. What we wanna work on is the process in between.
1: Welcome back to episode 163 of the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm here with Coach Beach and this is our installment of Ask the YTs. It's been a few months since we've done this because we had the 50-50 in April. We had Ironman Santa Rosa in May. We also did the Smackdown with Mary, so we really haven't done an Ask the YT since March. Uh, But I'm fired up to be here. It's early, you guys. This is showing up. We get up at 5.30. I'm really surprised we haven't gotten any complaints yet from our neighbors because we've been loud. But it's um, 8.12 a.m. on a Sunday morning. This is launching tomorrow. And Beej, welcome to the show. And perhaps you can shed some light on why we're recording this The day before because we've been really full lately. Amazing.
0: First off, I'm fired up that it's Sunday at 8.12. We haven't even gotten in a workout yet.
1: I know. Well, we have another interview at 10 a.m. And last night I was like, all right, this is what I think we need to do. Get (laughs) up early. And at first I was like, I set the alarm for six and I'm like, "Mm -mm, 5.30 because that's going to give us 45 minutes to meditate and then time to like scratch Clark's belly, which is super important.
0: The decision happens the night before.
1: Everybody listening out there, the night before
0: before is when you set yourself up. If you choose to get up the next day early, it happens the night before.
1: Yeah, you got to remember before we went to bed last night, I said, I'm setting the intention now that when the alarm goes off in the morning, I'm going to be really excited to wake up. And I was, I had some lethargy, but I did get up.
0: Five, four, three, two, one, go. So yeah, oh man, we are so, um, so feeling the the Vibration and after effects of having two consecutive high vibe retreats this past two weeks. So, we had four ladies in for a long weekend, and then we had two ladies in for a midweek um, retreat, and it, it was back to back. I think we had a day, we had 24 yeah, hours le- in between, less
1: than 48 hours, and so our first. Tribe left on Sunday afternoon and then the next retreat came in Tuesday morning. And then Monday was like teaching, getting the podcast up. I was doing some one on one sessions. And it was funny because my sister asked me yesterday when I talked to her, she goes, Are you exhausted? And I was like, No, I'm not exhausted at all. You know, like that's the thing, you guys, like you can live a full life that doesn't have to exhaust you. And I think that the difference between living an an exhaustive life and a life that's really powered by vibrant life force is the difference between being present and not present.
0: It's all in your thought. It's all in your mind, right?
1: Yeah. And it's not like we come off of these like rah, 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 like Tony Robbins, rah, 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 like, oh, I'm so pumped up. Like, it's not that. It's just we roll into whatever's next. And we do reflect. You know, a lot of times after. The groups leave. Well, all the time after the groups leave, we're always like, whoa, <laughs> we went deep. And it's just amazing. It's really a reflection of the people that show up to go deep. Like they know what they're getting into and we'll go as deep as you want to go. And and, and
0: uh, this is the life that we lead. This is our everyday. This is what we do. We go deep in conversations with each other. We go deep in conversations I think we had an, a plant-based consultation after that retreat. And when he left it, he was like, that was deep. <laughs> <laughs> it was about nutrition, but we just took it to the, the next level. But that's... We did
1: go next level with that one. And, you know, I think that's really cool because this particular person who is a team member actually now, which is amazing, has worked with other nutritionists before. And, and you know, what I see as the missing piece is that it's not about just getting a meal plan and following it. That's not going to be sustainable change. I'm sorry, it's not. It's what's underneath the inability to stick to a healthy lifestyle. What is that? Let's get to that. That's what I'm interested in. And that's why we don't give meal plans. That's why we
0: don't have three-day reboots or five-day detoxes. All that stuff is out there. You can get all that anywhere you want to go. But what we found in our our experience working with people, those don't stick.
1: Sustainable change, baby. That's all I'm interested in. So...
0: All right. So back to the retreats, right? We had, um, so we did, they were both different. Like we had, uh, we, both times we went to Algonorte pool, which is just simply amazing. There were some people that had never been to this pool before. Actually, most had never been to this pool. Um, but if you've, if you've seen our Instagram feed, you've seen that, uh, we go there quite often. It's an amazing facility. So we can incorporate swimming. We did a run group. We did uh, a run on, on the trails that you run on right down the road here, Calvera. And then we did a lot of yoga, a lot of yoga.
1: And I think we're going to be expanding the offerings. Uh, We'd love to be able to offer, you know, acupuncture and or massage included in your weekend. So if you are thinking about booking a high vibe retreat, I suggest you do it because I think that the price is a screaming deal. And as we continue to expand our offerings, we put a lot of that money back into the actual retreat, taking you guys out for dinner. You don't open your wallets once you're here, and um, so those prices are probably going to go up by a couple hundred dollars uh, so that we can really enhance the, uh, the experience and give you more options, and that's the thing. like, You'll get a whole checklist of what you want to include, and then every we've done, I think somebody asked me, I think I said eight, but it was actually six. We've done six retreats, and every single one of them is so different. It's what do you need. The whole spectrum. Yep,
0: and it's really cool. You just book your flight, and you get a Uber up to Carlsbad Village, and basically everything you need is contained here in the village. Everything, except for a little drive out to Norte or a trail. Everything that we do is contained in this village. Yeah, we'll just
1: pack you into the Yogi Tri machine <laughs> right. and drive you there.
0: <laughs> Minus Clark source. Clark needs <laughs> to stay <laughs> stay at home. So yeah, I think I think we really took away a lot from this retreat. And we and we encourage our participants to take a lot from away from the retreat. And, and I believe they did. And then we ride this high to the point of, here we are now, we got a few workouts in this week and kind of slipped back into our, I guess you could call it routine. And then we are up early today, like we gotta get after this day. We've got a lot to do, but that's not an excuse. We get to do all these things today. And it, it circles back to, building this community of yogi triathlete through the retreats, through our podcast, through interactions with our guests. The guy we're going to podcast with after this is a, is a local guy, and that's going to be amazing. So tying in this whole community, thank you all for the support and constant feedback of how the yogi triathlete community is helping to change and, and add value and perspective to your life so that you can take it into your own communities, your own family. Speaking of retreats, I think you've got a retreat coming up. I saw something on social media. What is happening yeah. in Costa Rica? If you haven't
1: seen it yet, you guys, you got to check it out because we're over a third of the way full already. And I think it's only been out in the world for like a week or so, maybe what 10 is days. It? What is it? So it's a retreat next year in Costa Rica, April 4th to the 11th, 2020. And we offer everything from, you know, super cool platform tents in the jungle to superior ocean view rooms. And it's going to be at Blue Spirit, which is in Nosara, Costa Rica. And it's a blue zone. So if you know anything about the blue zones, it's a super high vibe atmosphere. It's on the beach. They have a saltwater infinity pool and your price is essentially whatever your price, Room selection is. And so people are asking, like, well, what's the price? I see the price of the room. And it's like, no, it's all inclusive, which I love. It's just one price. And it's seven days, Saturday to Saturday. It is your food, it is your lodging, the rooms are impeccable, and it's the retreat, which is morning yoga and meditation, evening yoga and meditation. We're going to have a cacao ceremony and a bonfire on the beach. And the best thing about this is that I'm sharing it with two other teachers, Meg and Valerie. Valerie has been on the podcast a couple of times. She's one of my dearest friends. And Valerie is, she is like such a badass warrior mom. It's She's just unbelievable. When I was living in Newport, she was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, and um, I remember her telling me, and the doctor said, you know, you're going to be on this medication for the rest of your life, and her first response was like, no, no, I'm not doing it. So over these last, I think it's been about three or four years, she started with intensive acupuncture, and she worked with us to transition her diet to a vegan diet, and she did a lot of medical medium Uh celery juice every day, medical medium. If you don't know, yeah, what is medical
0: medium? Yeah, just explain that.
1: Well, medical medium is is a guy basically. Um so just check him out. I'll put a link in the show notes. And he's very well known. So you either totally know who I'm talking about or you're like, I have no idea who medical medium is. Meg and Val and I had a call probably back in February. She's like, I just have to tell you, Jess, I just got back from the doctor and I am completely clear. Everything is a hundred percent. I have healed myself without any medication whatsoever. And it took a lot of dedication. It took a lot of her showing up. She's got three active kids and she was driving 45 minutes each way, four times a week for these acupuncture appointments. And I just remember when she was in it and she was like, Oh my God, this is so much. And I'm like, I know Val, but just, she's like, I know, I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm just going to be in the present moment. I, I believe in this. I know that I can heal myself. I know that the body can heal. I've been thinking about Dr. Joe Dispenza, who says, you know, the energy that creates the body heals the body. And that's a hundred percent on point point. and you have to get the belief around it. And Valerie had the belief around it. But the really interesting thing was, and she left the doctor's office, the doctor said, basically like you're cured. And then she said, Hey, Valerie. And she's like, yeah. And she goes, just so you know, you still have Hashimoto's. (laughs) Valerie's like, that's crazy. That was the craziest thing anybody's ever said to me. Of course I don't have it. So anyway, she's really cool. And, um, she's just somebody to connect with. If this is something that's in your life and you're curious about it, and I'll put links to her Instagram account in the show notes. And then there's Meg, Meg Dutton, who is a mindfulness educator. And the only thing I think that sums up Meg is that she's presence. Like, you know, you know her, right? Like, you walk into her field and it's like you just took a volume. And she's so articulate. She's so well educated and she's so kind and loving. And then there's me, right? And so everybody knows. Then there's that, you. <laughs> then there's me. <laughs> And so we don't need to talk about that. You guys know who I am.
0: Now, who are you? Give, give two sentences. Like,
1: I'm a meditative badass.
0: Great. <laughs> awesome.
1: I tend to ride the edge a little bit. Sometimes I piss people off. But I'm really trying to um, hone in my authentic voice every day so that I can speak from a place of, of love and understand that the role that I play as Jess in this world is a little edgy. And I love that about her.
0: So... I wanted you to say that because I want people to understand they're getting the full spectrum of people at this retreat. It's not just the badass meditator. You're no, it's getting not just a, me. A full spectrum of yoga teachers and mindfulness teachers and moms and single mo- Like you're getting all this perspective in one retreat. And one
1: Meg has spent the last like five years of her life teaching mindfulness and meditation to children. So, I mean really the plan is for the three of us to, cause we're going to have a lot of time during the day in between the yoga sessions where you can fill those things with stand up paddleboarding. You can go hiking. They've got all these excursions that you can go on or you can just chill. And our plan is just to chill and be available. So pull up a lawn chair next to us, get a private session, grab some people. Maybe we'll do a group discussion. Like we're just all three of us. None of us are interested in anything but quality conversation. So, um, If you're looking for surface stuff, then don't come on the retreat, but if you're looking for a pretty epic experience, one of the things that is really, really unique and powerful about this retreat is that Meg and Valerie and I have all been trained by the same yoga teacher through Live, Love, Teach, and we all work with the same meditation teacher. So the messaging is consistent in a world where there's so many messages, the messaging is going to be consistent through the authenticity of the three different voices.
0: So, so someone who's looking is interested by this. So you're like, well, this sounds absolutely amazing. How do I sign up and what, what will I be able to take away from this? I believe looking at what you guys have created is what I've seen is people are looking at many different avenues. They're looking at Joe Dispenza. Then they're reading, you know, um, the Bhagavad Gita, and then they're getting advice from a friend. Like they're gathering all this information from different sources but if you want that full perspective the 360 degree perspective a consistent message that taps into everything that you're looking for this retreat is going to provide that with these three teachers that's what i'm i
1: pretty excited and when i look at the people who are signing up it's very possible that my newport rhode island world my boulder colorado world and my california world are all going to be coming together, which is so amazing. And I cannot wait to not just for me. It's not about me, but like bringing Rhode Island, California and Colorado together and allowing these communities that I have been honored to be a part of come together and connect because there's so many quality
0: people. Again, building a community. Yeah, it's beautiful. This community is growing, growing and growing.
1: All right. So we're going to jump into questions. How about that? First one comes from Matt. How do you help your yogi triathlete tribe define success?
0: So, how do you do it, Beach? How do we do it? So, for, uh, obviously, when you come and join Yogi Triathlete, you have this opportunity to fill out this you know, form. So, it gives me some details, give me some, give, it gives us some information on where you are at in your training and where you are at in your life, because there's some good questions in there. And what we try to do to clear away the clutter and and kind of bring some focus into what you truly want to achieve is we have you work with being more present, being more mindful, being more in tune with the thoughts and beliefs that you have. So, for example, you come to us and your goal may be to, you know, win your age group at uh, a triathlon, a sprint triathlon. Let's just say you wanna, you wanna stand top of the podium. That's dependent on where you are now and what your relationship is to that goal. So we'll take that those ingredients that you've provided up on the form, we'll take that. We'll have a conversation with you, we'll take in that information. And then we'll begin to formulate this plan and then I'll call it a plan, which is always ever-changing, to help move you towards that goal that you've stated. But along the way, there are checks and balances and there's prescribed, I would say, experiences you're gonna have, whether it's meditation or yoga. Um, These experiences or opportunities are gonna allow you to get still with yourself and to go seek the inner, inner purpose For why you're doing this sport, why you feel compelled to be on top of the podium, why you're why you've come to yogi triathlete, all these questions, all this stuff is what we want to uncover and discover the the podium is the is the outcome, right? That's the outcome. What we want to work on is the process in between. And what we found in this process to determine what your goals are that change week to week or month to month or, you know, race to race. What we want to uncover is the true essence of why you are here, and, and what your what your true goals are. And and many times, I and I know you can can jump in here too. Many times, because I share with you what what we're working on. the The end goal of the podium really begins to move away, and it becomes more moment to moment. What can I do in this moment? I want to. I want to meditate longer because what I see when I'm sitting still is things are coming up about my relationship to the sport. Things are coming up about wanting to spend more time with my family. When I'm training, I'm thinking about my family. When I'm with my family, I'm thinking about training. So we're, we're trying to get through to the, the underneath. And you talked about it at the beginning of the podcast. We want to go underneath. It's what we do at the High Vibe Retreats. We want to go underneath and find out what, is the driving factor that's moving you forward because when you get to that point in a race a year from now and you're running down first and second place to achieve your goal, what are you going to go? What are you going to pull from to pass those two people? Are you going to pull from motivation, a video that you saw or, um, you know, something that, that's, that's drawing your attention away. Like you see your family out there, that could, that could be a potential. But what is truly gonna drive you to turn those legs over quicker is your reason that you've uncovered inside. And you wanna be awake and ready. That's why we use awake and ready. You wanna be awake and ready for that opportunity. It may take five, six, 16 races, it doesn't matter. You wanna be ready for that moment when you can achieve what that goal is by pulling from inside.
1: And I think that really What's underneath all of that is what your frequency is. So, you know, we are made up of trillions and trillions of cells, all of which that have positive and negative charges. Like we're literally like walking batteries. And so every single one of those cells has a frequency. And you can want the Ironman PR, you can want the podium all day long. But if you have a block that you can't see of unworthiness then you are going to sabotage yourself all along the way. And maybe you make the podium, but it's going to be a hell of a lot of work. So what we're really talking about is a frequency shift. And that's there's two things that are super important about being committed to your meditation practice as a team yogi triathlete team member. Number one, it raises your frequency because it allows you to see what's been brewing under the surface. And the stuff that's brewing under the surface is all the shit that has not allowed you to live the life that you're here to live.
0: So people are asking the question, why do I train so much? Why am I doing the intensity, but I'm not getting the results that I want?
1: Right. So there's a block there, right? Because the only thing you need to do to get that podium, get that Ironman PR is, well, this is kind of the shortcut. We always talk about we don't have a shortcut, but actually what we do is we teach the direct route. So you got to match the frequency of what it feels like to PR at your Ironman. What does that feel like? You got to use your faculty of imagination, and this is something you can do in your meditation, and you start to match that frequency right? Einstein said it. All you have to do is match the frequency of what it is that you wish to bring in. These are my words, not his. And you can't not bring that into your life. It is not, um, it, this is physics, right? You ha- so So matching the frequency and that comes with belief. And then belief is, do you believe in yourself? So meditation really helps you get to the truth. It allows you to see what's brewing under the surface. And a lot of the athletes that I work with, You know, they get really frustrated and aggravated in their first year of meditation, and that's because all that frustration and aggravation has been sitting, freezing in their body for so many years. And if it didn't come out in meditation, I'll tell you, it's going to come out in illness, disease, or injury. The other thing that meditation does is it increases your ability to concentrate, Concentration is essentially what we're talking about when we're talking about probably 95% of the people who are meditating. Because before we can meditate, which is the mind in a deep state of rest, you're training the mind to concentrate on a one-pointed focus, the mantra, the breath. And this is why so many people give up. They say, oh, my mind's too busy. It's not working. Or why they love guided meditation so much because... Um, because it's outside of them. Now, I'm not poo-pooing, as my mother would say, I'm not poo-pooing guided meditations. I offer a lot of those in M21 Revolution. But at some point the people who come and work with me, they get to that point where they're like, okay, I'm done. I'm done listening to somebody else's voice. I want to listen to my own voice. And so guided meditations are great because it does strengthen your concentration to listen to that voice that's guiding you. So there is a great benefit and you're going to get some of the other benefits that we've learned about through science, um, you know, perspective taking and, and calmness and, you know, soothing the nervous system and all of that. But without this ability to concentrate, you guys, things are going to get, you're going to get taken away by distraction in your life and it's going to take you off course of your goal. So we see this a lot, right? Like people who have not only incredible athletic potential, but big goals, and then they get distracted so easily. So I think that I love the way that you described how we help them, right? Like it really is like, we're not just about, here's your plan, now go out and execute it. We want to know how you felt. We want to know when you skipped that workout, why you, why skipped, you skipped workout. that workout. What was the, what was thought that process. moment? Yes. yes. What was it that got you not to get out there and do it? And then success. There's so many different levels to this map, but for some athletes, it's, let's just get them. Can, can we just, how can we help them to train consistently? We see people with huge goals that are not training consistently. And it's our job as coaches, and I'm more behind the scenes with the physical coaching, but really bouncing, BJ bouncing things off of me. How can we best support every athlete to get them to train? And sometimes the answer is, let them be be in the struggle. They've got to find their way out, right? Um, For some people who are training consistently, now it's like, all right, great. Let's take the data and the information and let's start planning like what this PR can really look like. And then let's use our imagination to blow that freaking PR out of the water. So it's, it's really like where, where the athlete is in a day, I think success is a moving target. And that's what's so important is that you pay such close attention to each person and what they're going through And that you have this 10,000 foot view, a lot of it because you've gone through this struggle, you've gone through unworthiness, you've gone through sabotage, you've gone through all this stuff, that you can see it so clearly. Um, So, you know, meditation is so incredibly important because we want to help you raise your frequency. We are not just interested in you getting to the finish line. We're interested in you being the absolute best human, mother, father, sibling, Daughter, son, like parent, co worker, -worker, (laughs) spouse, athlete, that you can be in this existence because you came here to live your fullest expression. And for me, that's success to be able to live your fullest expression in this life. And remove those blocks that you're not seeing. And so this path of yoga, which is essentially the meditation, the concentration, the actual physical practice of yoga, it's all shining a light on your blind spots and it is going to suck. And you might get pissed at BJ. Sometimes I know they do. Um, But I'll tell you, it's we're up looking down and we can see the paths and we can see a lot of what you can't see when you're in it.
0: So trust the process.
1: Oh my God. Please trust the process. Trust
0: the process. <laughs> if you
1: don't trust the process, we don't, have, we don't have 100% of you. You've got 100% of us, but if we don't have 100% of you, then, man, that's going to be... Stay curious for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely stay curious, but, but trust the process. That's the
1: best thing you can do uh, in order for us to help you achieve that success is to trust the process. And trusting the process is a lot about putting your foot, both feet, sure-footedly into the unknown because that's where all your possibilities are you guys if you're if you're living in the known if you're living just on scientific research and data and information um and that being the most important thing then you're living within limits
0: yes yeah, so that's i love that i love that yeah let's you're, how you're, about you're, we just end it there yeah you yeah
1: yep okay moving on anita how do you find your purpose so many inspiring stories on ytp is everybody finding their purpose ah, right <laughs> like oh, i totally know how you feel anita Maybe for some people, leading a purposeless life is the purpose.
0: Oh, that's Um, deep.
1: It's, it's, that's... a good question though. It's, it's a good question. However, um, you're here for a reason and I can tell you that the answer is very simple, that our purpose in life is to live our authentic self. And so immediately we're going to go to the human piece, right? Oh, well, yeah, I'm an accountant. I'm this, I'm that. No, that's not what I'm talking. I'm not talking about your labels, I'm not talking about the role you play in this life. I'm talking about your authentic self and the qualities of your authentic self, okay? You might want to get a pen and paper because then you're going to be able to note throughout the day how many times you live your life purpose. Here it is. Peace, calm, love, joy, light, power, knowledge, and wisdom. Any time that you are living those 100%, you're living your life purpose. So I know Anita has an amazing dog named Guinness. And I'm thinking that I just saw some pictures on Instagram where Guinness was running on the beach. And I'm thinking that Anita was there feeling joy. And if she's feeling joy in that moment, she's living her life purpose. Now, the ego does not like this answer. The mind does not like this answer.
0: It's not big enough.
1: No, it's bullshit. What? People, oh, people. so I wake up, I right. get a massage and I'm calm and I'm living my life's purpose. Yep. Yep. Yep, you're living your life's purpose. Now, that said, through living our authentic self, right, which is really step one, let's bring more of those eight qualities, those eight faculties into our life. Meditation is a great way to start doing this because meditation is you're communing with your authentic self every day. That's why I like the transition out of guided meditation into um, working one-on-one with a teacher so that you can start to discover what this authentic self is that lies within you.
0: Yeah, because a lot of times they'll stop the meditation because they're not getting results. They're not finding their authentic self, right? And, and in reality, what they're doing is uncovering their authentic self. Right. It's just a little <laughs> bit mucky to start. Yeah, it's and messy.
1: Every but, single one of us has shit.
0: Well, you, Two things, you need to show up and be consistent with the meditation, and you need to trust. That in the end, your authentic self will truly rise to the surface, oh my and I think gosh. that's what you help help athletes. I am living and
1: proof. I am living up. proof mm-hmm. that you can live your purpose. Now that said, within this overarching life purpose that we all share, we have unique paths. We are individual reflections of the energy that created. This universe, okay? Whatever you wanna call it. And within those individual reflections are individual paths. So, BJ, what you came here to get to the other side of is a little different than what I came here to get to the other side of. Now, I think a really great example of this is that you are naturally so kind. You are so kind. You are so giving and that's the environment that you grew up in. Like your family is so, they would let anybody come and live with them. I've seen this many times and they're just so kind and they give and they give and they give to a point where they're not giving, where you weren't giving back to yourself. Right? So I think that was one of the things that you, that you're working on, that you're have come so far in. Now I was on the other end of the uh, spectrum, right? I was like, I don't need anybody and your problem is not my problem. I had to look compassion up in the dictionary because when my meditation teacher said that I could benefit from cultivating some, I was like, sure. And I walked out and I was like, I have no idea what compassion means. And when I looked it up in the dictionary, I was like, feel the struggle of other people? Pff, not, not interested in that. <laughs> it's not my problem. It's not my problem. Not my problem. So really like for me, I, um, I needed to sit and allow my heart to open and whoa, that was such a messy and painful and messy process, and but now, um, but now I'm living from this place of just expansive love, where I can see the most violent person in the world or the craziest person in the world and i can see them in their perfection now that doesn't mean that i don't have moments um yesterday when i was driving to the trail it was one of those things where the lane was um the lane was merging and this guy next to me was just like even though it was my turn to merge right he was like kind of like riding up on the side of me and i could feel myself wanting to hit i could feel that ego being like hit the gas like you can bury this dude in my honda fit in my yogi tri car so But I said, ooh, look at that. Look at me closing my heart off to this amazing being. Just let him go. So I slowed down and let him go, and and guess what? Everybody was safe, and I got an opportunity to open my heart more. So there's things that we're here to get to the other side of. Some people are here to get the other side of being scared of heights, um, fear of riding the bike, uh, unworthiness, whatever it may be. So within the overarching purpose of living our authentic self... We all have these walls that we're here to get to the other side of. In yoga, we would call them samskaras, which are the deep grooves, the deep impressions on your soul that you're here to heal. And that's really the answer. And so whatever is placed on your heart, follow it because that's gonna, that is what is going to lead you down that individual unique path to your greatest expression in this life. And I guarantee you, right, it sounds so nice, like, oh, follow your heart. Following your heart will 100% bring you to face all of your fears, to have you up-level your courage and your bravery like you never thought you could before. But if you can keep taking the next step, you're going you're gonna to not only be living your life purpose because you're going to be living from more of your authentic self, you're going to be getting to the other side of these deep wounds, that are on your soul, that you're here to heal. And there's freedom on the other side of that. And you know, for me, when I leave this earth, I don't want to come back. I don't want to come back. So I take every single opportunity I can, like the guy yesterday in the car, to heal and to love more and to be more calm and to be more peaceful and to be more powerful and knowledgeable and wise and light in my vibration um, as I walk this earth.
0: I think what you're describing there is that separation between thought, the thoughts and the heart and the, and the gut feeling.
1: Yeah. Well, it's so the, in the, it's the false self
0: in, in that and
1: the authentic self
0: relationship with the guy coming up to you, you had the thought, you felt the little angst. So yeah, angst. that's I
1: wanted to drive the right. car, <laughs> drive him off the road, but that was the ego. That was the false right. self. That's not me.
0: So you noticed it. And then you pulled from the heart, which said, mm-hmm. well, this is, I want, I would like to be more kind. Mm-hmm. I had expectations that we're supposed to, based yeah, on the is, rules of the highway patrol right of government, that we're supposed to alternate. But that was an expectation. And yes, yeah. the mind wants to say, but yes, that's the law, right? The but will always come in. It will always try to challenge you. But what you did is you sat with it and got to your heart. And I want people to understand this, like the thoughts in the heart. Sometimes it's there's confusion there. And what meditation... and And time with yourself does is it increases that space so that you can see the thought of wanting to be ahead of this guy and then the expectation that you should and the heart saying, I want to be more kind and loving. I have compassion for this guy. Let him go in ahead of me and I'm still going to get to the trail. I still did my run. I still came back and had amazing pizza. And
1: yeah, and and I didn't create more negative karma of not loving somebody or not being kind.
0: So the decision comes up and I posted this the other day, would you rather be right or would you rather be more kind?
1: And fifteen years ago, I know what my answer would have been. It would have be been right. hell yeah. And you
0: and I know I know that, Jessica. And you were you would fight to the fist. And,
1: like I would bury you to be yeah, right. You
0: would. Even You'd if, put on if the I knew
1: that I was wrong.
0: Absolutely. Even if
1: I was spewing out Guys, lies.
0: I know Jess. I would win. <laughs> <laughs> I know the old Jess. I've been with her for quite a while. <laughs> she would fight. <laughs> She's a fighter. Literally a fighter at a at a Pearl Jam concert at great woods (laughs) she's a fighter
1: yeah i i have i used to get into fights in my neighborhood but i've
0: seen the change and so change can happen but back to anita's question the purpose look within the small it doesn't have to be this big high goal standing upon the the highest mountaintop that you are gonna be like this amazing leader and, and professor or whatever in this world it's just how can, you, how can you attune to those eight qualities that Jess mentioned every day? And that will be your yes. purpose.
1: Yes, and there's no lack when you're living those qualities, you know? Like we have they were painting our complex and we've had ants, right? And I'm sure that was just the disruption and all the chemicals. We've had some ants in the house and I've been removing them like one by one from the house. And that's me living my life's purpose because I see those beings as sentient, viable beings that deserve life. And so that, and, and because I'm present with it, like I'm, st- I'm making a connection with another being. Now somebody might be rolling their eyes and I totally get you because I would have said that too back when I was spraying the raid. But, um, but their lives, like we, all lives matter, right? And so the more that we can be, live those eight qualities, those eight faculties, rest assured, you're living your life's purpose, um, yeah, and just one more thing, when you were talking about the mind and the heart, and I think we talked about this with Kyla, I think we mentioned it briefly, like the mind and the heart are disconnected and what sits in the center of that in your throat is your truth. So I love to take uh, my students through a meditation where we're connecting the mind and the heart so that the truth has a little bit more, um, it's not in so much uh, confusion,
0: Or in the physical form, phlegm and coughing, (laughs) and throat—the throat chakra being being stuffed—which I can uh, speak to first. Awesome
1: questions so far, you guys. I love how deep you make us go. Okay, which obviously you don't have to twist our arm. Okay, Nicole, let's bring it all back to some uh, to some metrics here. What is a good combination of foods for the last three days before a race? So for Nicole, she's doing a fifty k. And she's talking about like staying away from fiber. So Nicole is one of our athletes and you're probably going to be giving her what to eat, but let's share it.
0: Yeah, we found success and we've we spoken, spoken about this before on, on numerous podcasts.
1: So her, so her race is on a Saturday and she's saying three days, which would be what? Saturday, Friday, Thursday. So Thursday. Or, or I never know how to count that. Like, is it three days including the Saturday? Or well, three well,
0: if you're including race nutrition on let's
1: talk about no i think she's talking about prior to so So wednesday
0: you don't really need wednesday just eat your normal diet wednesday in in our experience we have extra smoothies extra salads we try to get in all the greens we can because we know we're not going to have them for the next two days
1: yeah so fiber up on wednesday so
0: fiber up on wednesday sure go ahead eat your normal diet don't go crazy and if you've been haven't been eating these greens and then start to eat tons of fiber You don't want to do that. Just eat your normal diet. Maybe have an extra smoothie, maybe an extra salad, okay? Then you start with Thursday. Lunch. Lunch. You're going to start, I guess it's called carbo-loading, but we like to keep it. We like to just say simple, simple foods. Just simple foods on the belly without the extra added fiber. So something to keep in mind that would be a white pita with uh, tempeh, Baked on the stovetop with brags and liquid brags, aminos, and um, some nutritional yeast. And pretzels. And some pretzels. And we, I like to put, and you do too, mustard mm-hmm. on the pita. So simple, really and bland.
1: drink, electrolyte drink. Yeah,
0: and a full 24-ounce bottle of your uh, performance drink. So not just elect- electrolyte drink. We want the calories in that as well.
1: And Thursday's going to be like, you're going to be really full after lunch. Thursday and Thursday lunch and Thursday dinner are big.
0: Pretty much Thursday to, to Friday lunch, you're going to be full. And that's good. Uh, and continue to drink water throughout the day. So snack on in the afternoon, you snack on some fig newtons uh, or some pretzels, more pretzels is what we like to do.
1: Keep it simple so it's not a huge variety.
0: Yeah, basics.
1: And then Thursday night dinner.
0: And Thursday night dinner is pasta. You know, eat as much pasta. Other people have done sweet potatoes.
1: I've been using what um Yeah, share, share, this,
0: share this recipe. This is good.
1: I've been doing this before, like, leading up to Lake Sonoma when I had, like, six, seven-hour runs. I would really treat it as a race. And the night before, I would have – I got this from Magda Boulay because when she said it, I was like, oh, that sounds so good. So I would just do white rice with avocado, nutritional yeast, olive oil, and salt. It's so, so good. So if pasta and red sauce doesn't sound good to you, then have a big helping of that love that yeah and then friday morning
0: and you can ha- wait you can have some uh white bread or maybe even the yeah. pita to keep things simple on the cheap end like keep that pita bread we buy this vegan pita bread white pita bread at whole foods it's a stack of like six pita it's it's the best thing. so yeah you can have that with your with your um with your meal and then yeah so breakfast friday morning is pancakes Lots and lots of pancakes. And,
1: and it would be really great if Finding Kona would come to your house and flip them for you.
0: Yeah, she's an absolutely amazing <laughs> pancake maker. So I'm sure she's up for hire if you want to hit her up. Finding Kona on Instagram. Maybe you can schedule something. She can come to your house, flip your... You make the pancakes, she'll come and flip them and get them dialed in. Uh, so, but as the coach speaking, get in that shakeout run, the shakeout workout before you eat your pancake breakfast. Now, I know that's not always possible, but get what you can in. As a triathlete, get your, get your bike in and run in before your pancakes. Maybe the swim happens later on when you drop off your gear bags. But whatever the case, get try to get that workout in before. Get the breakfast in by 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at the latest. Pancakes.
1: More uh, electrolyte drink.
0: Yeah, another electrolyte drink. Um, but as many pancakes as you can eat, we like this arrowhead. Pancake mix, it's multi-grain, really simple. And then we substitute the egg in it with flax meal. So lots of pancakes. We use maple syrup. Then um, you snack on the pretzels in the morning, mid-morning snack. Then you get to lunch, same thing as the day before. Tempeh with pita with some amino uh, brags, liquid aminos, and the nutritional yeast. And then we eat more. And then another 24-ounce bottle of electrolyte drink, that's for lunch. And then the afternoon, you start to wean off on the volume of calories you put in your body. So you may have a few handfuls handfuls of pretzels until you get to dinner. And dinner is a cup of pasta, a cup of the rice mixture that Jess uh, spoke about earlier. And you let, you let that sit for 20 to 30 minutes. Like, let that sit in your belly. So you want to get that in early, 5, 6 o'clock at night. And let that sit. And if you're still really hungry, have a little bit more. But usually that will suffice and and your your body is full.
1: You want to go to bed Friday night. And this is specifically for a long Saturday race. So if it was a sprint triathlon, if it was an Olympic, we'd be doing this different. But we're specifically talking about a 50K longer distance race. Um, You want to go to bed a little bit hungry on Friday night. And then Saturday morning, you'll have your race breakfast and crush your race. But essentially, you'll start on Thursday, keep it super simple, like maybe, you know, five or six different foods that you just eat over and over again and hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. And of course, the gut that you're bringing into the race and the pre-race fuel up, that's so big, so healthy microbiome, eating a lot of plants, whether you're a meat eater or not a meat eater, it doesn't really matter. But have a have a have a diet that is mostly plants. That's gonna really set your microbiology up for the ability to not only have success on race day, but to be able to process these days leading up to the race um, where you're not gonna like lose your health over it.
0: So if you want a comparable example, you wouldn't train for a very hilly 50K by running flat roads or treadmill for six months and then the final three days before the race, you start running up and down hills, right? You would not do that. And I equate that the same thing to having your your nutritional, daily nutritional intake be really, really solid, 90%, 95% dialed in, like you're getting a, a well-rounded balance of fruits and vegetables and legumes and-
1: Very little processed foods. Yeah,
0: very little processed foods. Like your diet every day is going to influence how you perform and how you- um, how you, basically how you perform on race day. So keep keep your daily diet. I know it's not easy, right? We, we work with a lot of athletes and non-athletes, just people who come to us who want to transition to a plant-based diet. We work with them and the, the, the first reason why they're not successful is because it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Anything you want to do in life that's gonna elevate you or up-level your, your life is hard. So let's just take that statement, it's hard, push it off to the side because we all can agree these things are hard and let's get to work. Let's put the gloves on. Let's dive in and and show up every day. And
1: act despite what you feel is difficult or not difficult.
0: Right. Just Don't let the difficult or hard men- it's really be the just dictator. Men-
1: it's mental preference.
0: So again, back to presence and back to the mindfulness.
1: Right. And our mental preferences is what creates our suffering. I like this, I don't like this. I'm good at this, I don't like this. I'm struggle with this, I don't struggle with this. And it's just this really doesn't have anything to do with feeling up before 50k, but um, <laughs> but here
0: but I just want to say one thing. So if you have 50 000 to 60,000 thoughts a day and more than 50% of those are the same thoughts, you better get curious about the thoughts that you are keeping in your awareness. So if this is hard, this is hard, this is hard, and you keep reinforcing that every day, it's going to keep that in the forefront of your decision-making process. And we want to be able to change that.
1: Okay. Next question. This was emailed to me. So I'm assuming anytime it's emailed, I keep it anonymous. Uh, I'm training for an early September marathon with a goal to BQ. What, what? What's a BQ? A BQ is a frequency that must be met. Uh, I actually just, uh, worked with somebody leading up to their BQ and they, they not only got the BQ, but they got a PR and they, and they crushed the goal that they had, which was like five minutes faster than the goal they thought they could achieve. And it was all, we did all frequency matching. It was so cool. And
0: that was an athlete who Jess just, just worked with mindfully. Yeah, we, there was we, no We worked with every week training. for four weeks. On the mind. On mind. the mind.
1: Um, leading into this race and, and this woman crushed it. Uh, And I'm not surprised because she crushes everything in her life. Okay. I recently got a respiratory infection that set me back almost two weeks for training. Up until then, I was running four to five times a week quality runs with my longest run about 13 to 15 miles. How do you guys manage setbacks related to health or injury? Thanks.
0: So we don't see them as setbacks. We see them as opportunities. So there's something in this for you to learn. There's something for you to take away in this experience so when things are going great, you're hitting all these miles, maybe the maybe the the uh, the sign is that maybe you slipped a little bit in your diet, maybe you weren't taking uh, the self-care that you needed, maybe you were exhausting yourselves. Those are all possibilities. Or maybe
1: there is just a higher intelligence that said, "Oh, she needs to rest for a little bit and perhaps she's not resting on her own." Like right. if, yeah, like the he, You're always organized, your subconscious is always organizing with the universe to create life situations that are in your highest good. So when I look at um, injury or whatever, it's, it has such a negative connotation, but it's not, it's a purification. So the beautiful thing is, as long as you don't fight it when it's happening, it moves through you and you actually get an up level from that. And you're clear of that energy on the other side.
0: Usually it's a slowing down. What we found is a slowing down, so slow down. So So
1: how would you handle this? She missed two weeks leading into a September race. I think she's got
0: plenty of time. Plenty of time. So here's here's where the opportunity can be missed, right? This is an opportunity to, again, check in with yourself. And in that moment, where are you, right? And not listening to that ego or the thoughts that say, I need to hit my 13, 15 mile run this week right? so you've been off of it for two weeks. What is the opportunity here? The opportunity is to get, go dive in to your inner self. What is, what is the best, what is the best solution to moving you forward in this moment? The ego wants to say, I need to get back up to 15. I actually need to get to 18 and the body is not ready for that because it's taken two weeks off and it's, it's, it's still in the healing process. And you go out and you run that 15 to 18 miles and you set yourself back even further.
1: Because you haven't had consistent training.
0: Right. So so two weeks off, my recommendation for that long run is probably five to eight miles. And we, I don't really work in miles. I work in time. But five to eight miles would be my recommendation. And I would say go to four to five and see how you feel at that point. Check Again, check in with yourself. You feel good, go to six. Then you start to feel something By all means, walk it out to eight miles. You're still getting fit, and you're still literally moving yourself forward towards your- Time on the legs is the
1: most important thing.
0: What the mind wants to do is do the calculation. I've got this much time to the race. I need to qualify for Boston. I must hit this pace. These are all expectations. This is all based on somebody who is not in your particular situation at this point in time. We're all unique individuals. We've all, experience highs and lows this is your opportunity your unique opportunity to write your own plan moving into that bq so it's going to deviate from what you expected what the mind expected and if you try to push to those expectations you're going to create more suffering you're going to create more potential opportunity for you to set yourself back and more opportunity to have the sore throat for a longer time, or maybe even an injury will pop up. So do the clearing, do the clearing now.
1: Yeah. And I would say, um, like, would you say like, it's a rebuilding month? Like after that two Absolutely. weeks, like take the next month to rebuild. So I don't know if this person is working with a coach or working with a, like a preset plan, which I think can be kind of dangerous because then the it's like, well, you're supposed to be up to 20 and everybody else in the training group is da, 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 da. But um, to take the next four weeks as you're rebuilding, you've got plenty of time, plenty of time. And also any kind of angst or worry, we know that worry is praying for what we don't want because what we focus on expands. And also, you are you know, anytime we're in that kind of stress zone, we're releasing chemicals from the brain that are creating um, dis-ease in the body and it's prepping the body for more illness or injury down the line. So really staying present. Dive into meditation. If you are consistent, then go another five minutes every day because nothing is going to heal you like meditation. So deepen your practice and take those four weeks after missing the two weeks as you rebuild, journal, Right, like how do I feel? How are you recovering? If you're working with a coach, then have this contact like almost daily, especially on the longer runs, and get these things adjusted so that everything you're doing is setting yourself up for success.
0: And what I would add to that, I think that's that's great. I would, the journaling is amazing because you're putting your thoughts down visually. You can actually read what you're thinking. Um, but also, a quick flip of the mind to to. To focus on, gra- on gratitude. You know, I'm so grateful that I have these legs that allow me to run. And getting caught up in the 15 miles, that's where the mind wants to go. But if you can bring it back, reel it back in, and come back to a sense of gratitude, that you get to go out today and you get to run three miles. And guess what? You get to do it again. You have another opportunity tomorrow and an opportunity the next day. What we do is we set expectations on what that level of gratitude should be. Why can't and, where,
1: and where we draw our line yeah, where about we draw what line. we're going to be grateful um, for and what not we're not oh, going to be grateful for. <laughs> yeah, I
0: can see it now. I'm only grateful if I can run. I'll, I'll be grateful to run three miles tomorrow if I can run my long run on Sunday, right? Right. So it's, it's, again, guys, it's coming back to presence. The change can only happen in the present moment. If you're not working on staying present, You're either in the future or past, and those things don't exist. So that sense of gratitude, even write it down every day in your journal. I am so grateful I can run. I am so grateful I can run. So those days, those days when you choose not to work out, even though you're healthy, here's a great one that I see in athletes, even though they're healthy, they have the time, they choose not to do the workout, beat themselves up, and then try to make it up the next day. If you can embrace those opportunities, those moments. If you can really sink your teeth into those moments being like, why did I not run that day? If you, can un- if you can wrap your arms around that so that the next time you are healthy, there is a three-mile run workout. You don't shift it. You don't push it aside. You say, I'm so grateful I can get this three miles in. Mm-hmm. Embrace every opportunity that you can get out there and do your workout so a sense of gratitude
1: and consistency is everything right we kind of mentioned that before like consistency is everything so even if it's three miles a day it's almost like trying to get kids to eat vegetables you hear this all the time it doesn't matter what they get in in a day it's what are they getting in over the week um, and also that this up uh, this two weeks of uh, you know your body breaking down and healing is your opportunity to learn to be flexible That's what this is calling for you to do to increase your skill at being flexible. So are you going to take the opportunity or not? Um, so yeah. Okay. Moving on. Last question from Lori. Could you speak to nutrition hydration for daily workouts, workouts that are not long, but not short, like a nine mile run or a five K swim or a 90 minute bike. So, you know, if, when I'm, I'll speak. And then BJ you can speak as a coach. Um, You know, yesterday I went out for a two hour trail run. It was my second run of the day. And I went out there with 500 calories. I went out with two bottles of Roctane because in, I don't know how many days, it's pretty close. I will be doing a 30 mile night run at the Tahoe Rim 100 as I pace a friend of mine. And so for me, I'm always practicing nutrition. Now, did I need 500 calories on a two hour run? No, probably not, but I'm always training my gut. I'm always training. Now, when I don't have a race or I'm kind of in that off season or I'm in recovery and I'm going for like an hour, something around an hour, I will do it sometimes fasted depending on the intensity or I'll have a banana before or something like that. But with when I'm in season and I've got a race on the calendar uh, because after Tahoe is Noble Canyon 50K and then Havilena, And so I'm always training for Havilena. Just like all winter, I was training for Lake Sonoma. I'm always training for Javelina. So getting my body that ability to take in a lot of calories, especially this summer as it's going to be hot because it could be really hot at Javelina. So I'm always practicing nutrition. I drink every 10 to 15 minutes and I um, and I eat every 45 minutes. But That said, uh, I've been using more liquid calories. So then basically I'm getting a bottle of goo in every hour, which is 250 calories. And then I'll supplement with gels depending on the intensity, the heat, how I'm feeling. So that's what I do. But BJ, um, speak to this as far as like 90 minute workouts, uh, for somebody who is perhaps, well, we know, uh, Lori, we know because we've talked about this, that um, you're kind of moving from ground zero, like really does not have much of a nutrition plan. So how could you guide her?
0: It depends. So I say that because it really does depend on what, the, what that structure of the workout is. So if it's a 90-minute bike and it's just a cruise easy recovery bike or just to endurance bike, if the purpose is to practice nutrition and if it's somebody who's coming from ground zero doesn't really have a nutrition uh, habit or a nutrition plan, this is a great opportunity, 90 minutes. Like, what are you gonna take in the 30 minutes before your ride? You know, I suggest water. I suggest uh, electrolyte drink even 30 minutes before. And then you hop on the bike and for let's practice nutrition. You know, this is coming from ground zero. So every 10 to 15 minutes, take in six to eight ounces of water every hour begin to take in some food, maybe a half a bar, You know, 100 calories, half a bar, uh, a gel, but understand that this is all unique to the individual. It's all unique to the individual, and it's all unique to the actual structure of the workout. So I'm basing this on her coming from ground zero. For me, if I were to do a 90-minute endurance ride, I probably would just drink water because I know my nutrition plan, I know that I fueled adequately before the ride, and I'm just going into this ride in a fasted state to just, to just ride. I know the intensity is low. I know my body. I know that I'm, you know, I'm hydrated, but I, I'm, I'm conscious of those things. So, but somebody who's coming at it from a different angle, you know, this is every opportunity you have above an hour, I would say. Any opportunity you have above an hour in a session, a workout session, is an opportunity to train with nutrition, and as the intensity increases, you get more to like race pace or above race pace. Those are m- even better opportunities to see how your gut is gonna digest and use the fuel that you're getting in your body. On the bike, guys, bike's the best place to take in nutrition. You're just moving the legs, your stomach is sort of somewhat still, you can process, you can take in you know, whole foods. So if you're gonna run off the bike, make sure you, d- you just take in water 15 to 20 minutes. In those later stages of the ride. But
1: I think, and again, depending on the purpose of the workout and the intensity of the workout, I think with bricks, especially for race simulation to to really take in some calories on the bike so that you get that feeling of running hard with a sloshy stomach.
0: Yeah. And expect it to be sloshy for the first, you know, one to two miles, maybe three miles. Expect it to. But this is the process you work on, Right. And again, back to our thing about presence, one workout is not gonna dictate what you do on race day. So the more often you can train the gut to use the calories that you're gonna use on race day at the intensities you're gonna use on race day, the more you'll be able to understand how you'll how you'll perform based on those fuels. So get really curious, you're coming from ground zero, get really curious about how you're fueling before the workout, during the workout, after the workout, obviously, but during the workout, how you're fueling with the prescribed intensities that match what you'll do on race day.
1: If the workout is later in the day, like make sure you're setting yourself up for success the whole day. I find like later, later in the day workouts, you can really screw yourself. If you have like a lunch with, you know, spicy hummus or sauerkraut, like it just might not taste that good later on, especially if you're running, but always hydrating. If hydrating, like drinking a huge thing of water or electrolyte drink prior to the workout in the morning and throughout the day leading up to the late day workout. You want to be hydrated for the workout. Don't wait for the workout to start hydrating. Hydrate before the workout because the, the body that you're bringing into the workout has so much to do with how that body is going to recover from the workout and if we're going in in a deficit and we're in a deficit during the workout, it's going to take a lot for that body to recover and then if we're in a deficit in our ability to recover, we're not doing the smoothie, we're not we're not eating quickly, we're not rehydrating really well. Over time that body is going to wear down. Over time we're going to end up having to take time off. So, it's really important to, you know, it's almost like the body Like it's just all one big piece, right? It's just, we're just all one big piece. I was talking about this in yoga the other day, like something in your shoulder could actually be coming, your right shoulder could be coming from your left heel. Like we're just one big piece. And I think that this whole orchestration of endurance sports and nutrition and mindset and physical training, it's all just one big piece. It's like the hormonal system. It all works off of one another. So it's important to bring presence in and pay attention and not segment, okay, this is my work life. This is my physical training life. This is my meditation life, but realizing it's just one big stream of experience to be your best and to pay attention. And through paying attention, being your best comes pretty smoothly. I think it comes pretty effortlessly.
0: And I think cool. one last thing to leave yeah. that with is, is every session that you do practice your nutrition, write it down.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Right, and how did you feel? And, and if, keep it simple, like one, one to five, how did you feel? five being great, one feeling not that great and see how, how'd you recover? How's your soreness? How's all that stuff? And, you know, also communicate and work with your coach on this. Awesome. Is that it?
0: I think that's a wrap.
1: All right. Check out the show notes or, um, follow me on Instagram for more on the information on Costa Rica. I'm Jessica on Instagram. If you've missed it and if you're not following me, man, I'm throwing down some wisdom bombs. Give Jess some love. <laughs> Give Jess some, some love. I'm over 200 followers now. What, so. what, what? All right. Cool, you guys. Thanks, awake guys. and ready. It's not enough just to be awake. you got to be awake and ready. Pay attention. On purpose. Moment to moment. Without judgment.